Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes of your beautiful, healthy life are inspired by the film Back to the Future and a Lego cartoon. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. My boys love action cartoons, and we don't let them watch a lot of Avengers and stuff. They're still pretty young, so the real overt, horrible, evil bad guy that's getting blown up or destroyed by all kinds of Tony Stark creations, not really that great, but the Legos do a really good job of making cartoons. So this one Lego Ninjago cartoon is all about these Lego characters that become these ninjas, and it's long, man. We're talking like... 97 episodes or something. We watched this show every day for months and months and the depth of of content was unbelievable. But in one of the episodes, the Lego ninjas get sent back in time to, because the bad guy finds his time warp, he goes back, I think his name's Garmadon, and he's got four arms. Anyway, so Garmadon goes back in time to get the ninjas before they become ninjas. So the ninjas go back in time to protect their former selves so they can go on and become ninjas. And at, the, at this one particular time, what motivated one of the ninjas was that his sister got abducted by these skeleton ninjas, right? And he goes on and becomes this great ninja warrior. Um, he's a blacksmith uh, presently, but he goes on to become a, a Lego warrior, a ninja warrior, and defeats Garbodon. So they go back in time, and they keep struggling with the idea of, okay, we need to help to make sure Garbodon, the bad guy, doesn't actually abduct the sister or hurt anyone, but we can't inter interfere too much because then the future will be different and that'll be bad and they freak out right and they're they're trying to fix it and trying to fix it and it made me laugh because it's exactly like back to the future the original michael j fox film and it's fantastic because he goes back in time and accidentally interferes he falls out of or excuse me doesn't fall out of this tree he stops his dad who dad's young teenage self who fell out of a tree he stops him from getting hit by a car but in doing so, Michael J. Fox accidentally catches the eye of his teenage mom. Now, again, he's like 40 years in the past. This is where his mom and dad fell in love. But, but he accidentally gets hit by the car, and now his teenage mom is in love with him, right? And so the whole movie is him trying to get them back on track, and they have to, like, kiss at this prom. Um, the the mom and the dad as teenagers have to kiss in this, at this prom and fall in love. And it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen the series, it's a, it's a classic. I never... I never fought that idea. And the travel back in time paradox is, is always a big one. And it's hard to argue with. But I was watching the Ninja movie or Ninjago, the ninja cartoon, recently. And again, the ninjas are going back in time. They're scrambling. They stop Garmadon from abducting the sister. And then the young ninja, who's just a blacksmith, he's not a ninja yet. I think his name's Kai. The young Kai says, okay, well, I'm glad we didn't have to deal with anything worse. I'm just going to go back to being a blacksmith. And all of the older ninjas realize, oh my god, what did we do? 
we just took away the motivation for Kai to become this great ninja. So the rest of the episode is them trying to convince Kai to become this great ninja, but Kai doesn't care. Because in the original version of their lives, Kai's sister got abducted, he cared deeply about getting her back, he worked and fought and trained and became this, you know, world-saving ninja. But in this version of the world, Kai's sister didn't get abducted, so even when they get him into the dojo, the, the ninja dojo, to train and become awesome, his heart's not in it. He just doesn't care. And you see the obvious problem because they're fighting for one particular future. But for some reason, I had had too much coffee and I, my attention's up these days. And I started thinking, well, what the hell, man? Maybe his life as a blacksmith would have been a lot better. Because if you think about it, if you watch the Ninjago show, the ninjas are always, always almost dying. They're always almost getting uh, sucked into some ghost vortex. They're always almost getting killed by some skeleton army. They're always almost getting killed by some giant snake commander. It's, it's a horrible, horrible existence from one drama to the next. And that's what makes it a great, you know, adventure cartoon. But it doesn't mean it's a great life. And obviously it's a cartoon, but it really made me consider how do people come to view the things in their lives as far as, gosh, it better stay this way or I need it to stay this way. Because how do we really know? How do we really know this version of happenings is the best version of happenings? And we don't really have to look very far to see how this relates to what's going on right now. Obviously, we have a national health crisis. We have the world turning upside down. I mean, go try to find some toilet paper. You'll see how wacky things are out there. And, and again, not without good reason. There are bad things happening. And I think it would be very difficult for anyone to argue that if we had a time machine and could quarantine uh, the virus when it started or prevent it from ever coming into existence, it's hard to argue against going back in time and doing that. Obviously, we would save lives. And that's a great thing. But how many lives will be saved because of this? Because of the way things are going on right now? That's a different type of question. Because if we should recognize anything from this, it's that we're not really, really well prepared for what's happening right now. There, there are wonderful aspects of, of at least my community, my neighborhood, my immediate community. Everybody is on the same team. Everybody's doing a beautiful job. Like it, it brings a tear to my eye when I think about how much people have, have really come together and supported each other, and that's wonderful. So yeah, emotionally we were ready to help each other, but nationally, were we prepared for this? Did we have stockpiles of, of vital medications? <laughs> I mean, did we have stockpiles of toilet paper and surgical masks? The answer is no. We definitely didn't. And there were protocols that just weren't in place that were kind of making up on the fly. Schools are now closed. 
for at least a couple weeks. And we weren't prepared for that. We weren't prepared for that. There are tons of single, single parent families that don't have, don't have sick leave. There are tons of dual, dual parent families that, where they both work. And I think it's something like 40% of Americans don't have sick leave or don't have vacation time. So you have an extraordinary number of people that are going to be gravely affected because we are ill-prepared for what's going on right now. And again, that's a bad thing. It's bad. If you could go back in time and change it, that seems like it would be a good thing. But at your own peril, because you have to recognize that an extraordinary good will come from this. Hopefully, we will get a far more robust and prepared medical response and health response system out of this. Our hospitals will be more well prepared. Our federal government will be more well prepared. If this ever happens in the future, we will know what happened now. We will know if how it played out, if it was a good thing, if it was a bad thing. And what I mean by that is if our if our responses were good or bad, we'll be able to have some reference and say, okay, we need to do this better next time or we need to not worry about this much, this piece as much, all these little things. We'll know now, whereas before we wouldn't. And there, there are examples like when SARS blew through China. There were communities in China that were very, very affected by this. And when this new virus started going around, those communities put their new protocols into effect and they are faring far better than the communities that weren't hit as hard. They just went on lockdown almost immediately. And you can see the uh, incidence of infection just flatline because again, all of a sudden the community took it very, very seriously. So yes, it's tempting to go back and and stop this. And I'm not advocating the, the exchange of, of, or excuse me, a loss of life for this benefit. If we could go back, yeah, fine, go back. Go back and stop it, 100%. But we can't do that. And as attractive as an option as that is, I think the best thing we can do is instead of thinking about some ridiculous Lego cartoon where they go back in time to stop some tragedy, I think we need to realize that we can go forward in time, because we're going to no matter what, we can go forward in time and make this benefit everyone. We can help our communities. We can strengthen our federal government, or at least our response. We can strengthen our healthcare system. And those will be the benefits that those who aren't going to survive this give us. And it's a horrific, horrific thing to conceptualize that there will be people that aren't going to survive this. There already are, and there will be more. But we don't have to make their loss in vain. We can find a benefit here. We can mourn their loss and find a benefit. And the more seriously we take this, the less people blow this off and just say, oh, it's just stupid, it's just a cold bug. Whatever, say whatever you want, but push for progress, push for benefit. Because that's the only good thing we can get out of this.
because ain't nobody going through some time warp and changing it. So in the coming weeks, in the coming months, try to be the best support for your community. Try to be the best person you can be. Help everyone around you. And when the dust settles, let's push for the best future for everyone as a result of this. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it. <laughs>